You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1158 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Thursday in emergency fashion to react to the reported news that Cam Reddish is going to be headed to the New York Knicks as part of a two-team deal with the Hawks. Um, Candidly, I'm recording this in a mobile setup, not the greatest audio in the world, and I am also rushed for time, as I sort of alluded to on Twitter. And even last night, I'm actually... uh, totally slammed the next few days and do not have time to break down my full audio setup as well as uh, a longer podcast. So my apologies, but I'm trying to scramble to get you guys some content in reaction to this. And as of this moment, at about 12.30 Eastern on Thursday, the Hawks have not announced this deal, so it's not official at this moment in time, but it's, it's been reported by Woj at ESPN, also confirmed by Sarah Spencer of the AJC and others. And Cam Reddish will be going to the Knicks along with Solomon Hill in a 2025 second round pick in exchange for a 2022 first round pick from the Knicks via the Hornets. And also Kevin Knox will be headed to Atlanta in that deal. As a quick note, Solomon Hill had to approve any deal to be included because of the way his contract is structured. So I assume for this purpose that he did that because otherwise it wouldn't be happening. But keep an eye on that as well. The protections on that pick are very important. Again, it's a pick from Charlotte via New York, and it's top 18 protected this year. So that obviously is not a guarantee to be coming the Hawks way this season. It's top 16 protected in 2023, and then it's lottery protected in 24 and 25. If it never conveys in those four years, it becomes just two second-round picks, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, there was all kinds of buzz about this either before or after. I will say the trade chatter has been heightened the last few days, and that's just me talking. Beyond that, Zach Lowe reported the Hawks had talked to several teams on Reddish in the last week, including the Pacers, and there have been rumblings in his mind for a week plus that Reddish could be moved before the deadline. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Reddish, quote, gets his wish for a deal, end quote, to a team with the ability to give him an increased role and extension this summer because, again, Cam was extension eligible at the end of the season. And Woj also reported that the Hawks have been canvassing the league for a mid-first-round pick or a young player in a reddish deal, and that they had talked to the Pacers and the Lakers in recent days. Um, in terms of the money side, the Hawks do open up a, a roster spot with this trade because they traded two-for-one. Uh, Cam, Cam Reddish, of course, in Solomon Hill. Now, Solo's been out, but they did not want to just cut him and open that roster spot up. That was sort of a last resort if they had to. They save about a half million dollars in salary in terms of luxury tax and salary cap money as well that goes back in Tony's pocket and also a small trade exception along the way there. So, again, the nuts and bolts. The two players headed to New York, Reddish and Solomon Hill, who could be, I guess, released or waived because he can't play this year on an expiring contract. And then the Hawks get a, the, I would say the prize of the deal for the Hawks is that 2022 first round pick from the Hornets that we'll talk more about in a moment. That's where we're the stage for what's uh, actually happening here. And after a quick break here from our sponsors, we'll come back and talk more about how this deal uh, affects the Hawks, both uh, benefits and subtractions. All right, so we'll dive in here to how this deal shakes out for the Hawks. One thing I will say that I've sort of uh, tweeted about in the last couple of moments is that 
I'm not surprised by this. I know Hawks fans are. Some Hawks fans are anyway. And I also would not equate surprise to being you know, excited or disappointed, et cetera. I've been trying to warn people for a long time. This is going to be the kind of return they got for Cam if it was not a multi-team, multi-player deal that was for a larger salary player. If it was only for Cam, which is basically what this deal is because Solo was more of a throw-in, it was always going to be a mid to late first-round pick or a young player. In this case, it's a young player and a, per- and a pick. But for the most part, Kevin Knox is more of a salary cap, salary cap kind of filler throw-in and more of a lottery ticket than anything else. Um, Beyond that, I know Hawks fans don't like this deal, and I don't blame them for that. It's kind of an uninspiring trade package for a guy I know the Hawks fans see as a potential star in the future, but it is his market value, has been for a while, and I guess it seems like the Hawks have reached a point at this uh, this stage where they were kind of willing to kind of meet that price and uh, kind of sell on him at this stage. Broadly speaking, there is definitely a chance this looks bad for the Hawks. I want to not uh, sort of glide by that. It is definitely possible this deal looks silly for the Hawks because Cam does have real upside. Um, We'll talk about this in a second, but Cam's performance in three seasons for the Hawks has generally not been very good in terms of an NBA player. His defense has waxed and waned. Although he's talented on the end of the floor, his shooting has been better this year from the perimeter, but his shot selection has been a problem. His uh, playmaking has been not very good as an NBA player, more turnovers and assists in his career, just for an example of that. But the talent is very evident. We talked about this with Tyler Jones earlier on the podcast this week on a two-part episode, but Cam has uh, you know, what everybody wants as a 6'7", 6'8", forward. They can do a lot of different things, has some ball skills, has the ability to shoot it, has the ability to make plays defensively. And if the whole package comes together, there is certainly a world where this looks bad for the Hawks because Cam does have, I don't know if I'll call it all-star potential because that's kind of people uh, aiming for the sky, but you know, certainly the ability to be a high-end starter, maybe even, of course, above that if things were to go right. And if that is the case, then the Hawks got too little for Cam in this deal. Now, again, the flip side is this could be a situation that's more like the Adrian Payne deal. Now, it won't be that bad, I don't think, but where the Hawks kind of just looked around and said, look, we can get a first-round pick for this guy. We don't really believe in him. Um, they believed in Cam more than that, but the situation is what it is. And Woj noting earlier that Cam kind of wanted this. It's something I had heard for a long time. I'm not sure if it was a trade request, but certainly it was not uh, a secret that Cam would have kind of liked to be elsewhere after all that's happened in the last year or two in Atlanta. So um, there's a chance this looks good for the Hawks, too. I, don't, I want to at least emphasize that. If, it's, if this ends up being the 19th pick in the draft and Cam does not become what Hawks fans think he might become, and he's more of just this guy where he's like a rotation caliber player, but nothing really beyond that, um, it could look good for the Hawks. So, and the contract stuff is also very important. Cam was going to want an extension at the end of this year. He's a free agent after next year, and the money stuff is important through that lens. So um, I do understand this is a less than exciting return. If you are looking for more than this, or you value Cam as a star, as many Hawks fans do. But um, you know, this is kind of what I thought was going to happen, so uh, I'm, I'm not trying to over, try, overstate my confidence in that, but it was kind of what I've said multiple times has been the asking price for Cam for a long time. Um, as far as the pick is concerned, it's not a great pick. It could convey this year. At this very moment on, Tuesday, sorry, on Thursday, January 13th, it'd be the 20th pick in the draft that actually would convey to the Hawks. So if you're rooting from now this point forward, you kind of want the Hornets to get the 19th or 20th pick in the draft this year, which means making the playoffs, um, kind of being in that 6-7 range in the East. That's where the Hawks should want the Hornets to be, and getting that pick around 20 this year would be optimal in terms of value on the deal. There's some flexibility in there, of course. And then in the future, I would say it's a pretty good bet with LaMelo Ball on board, et cetera, that the Hornets will make the playoffs the next two or three years at a minimum. So um, if it doesn't convey this year, it's not the end of the world. The Hawks get that pick next year or the year after that. I'd be very, very surprised if it did not convey after four years. You know, It is worth noting there is some downside because if it doesn't 
is not going to be after four years. It becomes second-round picks, which are a lot less valuable, i.e. that Oklahoma City pick the Hawks have right now. But uh, Charlotte's in a position with LaMelo on the roster, which they are trying to win and will not stop trying to win because this, you know, they, they traded this pick a long time ago. So they're not going to be holding back and it looks like they'll be uh, making the playoffs at some point to have the Hawks get that first-round pick. Essentially, again, it's like, I, I kind of heard that Reddish was almost certainly going to be moved before the deadline, so I'm not surprised that he was traded. Um, there was varying degrees of certainty based on who you talked to about how likely it was he can't be traded, but everyone by the last week or so was thinking, look, Cam's likely to be moved. I had heard that. Um, they were looking at either young players under control, packages about picks, and also looked at, of course, the famed Reddish plus Gallinari for a larger salary piece um, as options. I'm not sure about this, but it's definitely possible, and it looks like it in terms of the timing that the Hawks losing skid might have sped this up a little bit because the timing is a little bit curious. They could have waited four more weeks to make this deal. The deadline's not until February 10th, and normally a deal like this could have waited a little bit longer. They could have asked for more bids, et cetera. So it seems like it might be a kind of a reaction to that. Maybe Cam wasn't thrilled. He's also banged up right now with the ankle. All that stuff is thrown into the mix here. But I will say this is, this is me guessing and interpreting, not reporting. But I think that the losing skid definitely uh, impacted things if it's uh, up to me to uh, decipher. Um, again, it's not just the pick either. Um, there's sort of the majority of the value, but Kevin Knox is not an absolute nothing to throw in. So just quickly on Knox here. He's 22 years old. He'll be a free agent after the season. He was a top 10 pick in 2018. He has not been very good in the NBA to this point. His numbers are very, very ugly in the NBA. He's been out of the rotation for the Knicks this year. Um, very, very sort of a bit player there. He does have some talent for sure. That's how you go top 10 in the draft as a combo forward kind of guy. But a career 48% true shooting. That's uh, dreadful, of course. Uh, does have some athletic tools for sure, but it's not proven to be anything more than a fringe kind of guy right now in the NBA other than the draft position. Like Cam, more turnovers than assists in his career. And also Knox is a free agent a year earlier, so he's actually in the last season of his rookie deal right now. The Hawks could offer him a $7.9 million qualifying offer at the end of this year if they wanted to make him restricted free agent. But honestly, that's more than he is worth. So maybe Knox catches lightning in a bottle with the Hawks. Maybe they found something here. There's at least a chance he can provide some value for them this, this season in a smaller role. But I think my assumption would be that he'll become a free agent. The Hawks could re-sign him on a smaller number for sure, but in terms of restricted free agency, I'd be kind of surprised if he becomes one of those unless something goes very, very well in the coming days. And, you know, he's 6'8". The theoretical value of that is intriguing, and there is talent as a former lottery pick, but all that is uh, worth just kind of tampering down expectations just a little bit. And honestly, at the moment, I know Hawks fans won't love to hear this, I think TLC is a better player than Kevin Knox. Um, so that kind of tells you where we are at this, again, Obviously, Knox has higher upside, being much younger, more talented, but TLC probably right now today, safer on defense, et cetera. And I think at the moment, TLC becomes the fourth wing on the team behind uh, Herder, Bogdanovich, and Hunter in some order. And then from there, they have the other options of Dolan Wright. You have Skylar Mays to throw on some minutes um, if you want to go alongside Trey. So I'm not sure what the plan is in the short term, but I think if you just take, out, take Cam out, maybe they, maybe they try Knox at some point in the near future. But I think, again, TLC for me is a little bit safer. And uh, those are your options now as a fourth wing, which is a pretty typical fourth wing, honestly. A lot of teams would like to have the depth the Hawks still have, just for the record, having three good wings in Herter, Hunter, and Magnanovich, but now the drop-off in terms of talent and pedigree is a little bit further down in that slot. From there, they used a fringe pick to get off Solo. Again, they didn't want to cut Solo to pay him, um, so, but he's out for the season, so no on-court impact there. Um, you know, that's a loss in the locker room. The Hawks have talked about how much they value Solo in the locker room. That definitely, that definitely matters, but they used a very fringy second-round pick to do that, so no huge downside there. And before we get out of here quickly, 
people asking about next steps. Um, Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, wrote today that everyone other than Trey and Capella could be available for the Hawks in trade. And just as a reminder, again, Capella cannot be traded, so he obviously just cannot be available, and Trey's not going to be traded for any reason. So everybody else, though, at least according to that reporting, is available. Um, does this move definitely mean there's more to come? No. Does this move mean that there possibly could be more to come? Absolutely. You know, there's still three and a half, four weeks until the deadline, so the Hawks have some flexibility here. They open, the roster spot open um, is a key thing for flexibility's sake. They could elevate someone like Mays to a full-time contract. They could try to get Sharif Cooper on a long-term deal if they want to do that. They could sign somebody else, but they have extra flexibility now with the roster, both in trade and if they want to just sign or convert someone in the coming days. So that's going to be it for my quick reaction. Uh, overall, I would say this is a move that does not bowl me over. It's not an A+. I'm also not going to be as angry about it as Hawks fans will be. Um, I think that, again, Cam could make them look silly here. There's no question about that. I think this is also kind of an appropriate-ish return for him. Could they? Would, would it have been better to trade him in retrospect for the reports of him for like a late lottery mid-first-round pick last year's draft? That would have been a better return than this because of the certainty of that. But, you know, they waited a little bit longer. Cam had some flashes this year. The shooting is what it is. But um, we'll see, honestly. It's, a, it's one of those moves that's kind of risky if you're Travis Schlenk. And also, it might be good in the locker room if Cam wanted to be somewhere else, if they wanted to kind of just go with that less is more mentality. Um, so we'll see. Uh, definitely an uncertain one. I don't blame Hawks fans for not being thrilled about this trade because clearly um, they're not going to get in an, an overarching, you know, massive hole here for Cam Reddish. But... Uh, Time will tell, I will say. And we'll have more on this in the future, I am sure, as I said on yesterday's podcast. No show after the game on Friday. We'll have something in the neighborhood of Saturday night or Sunday to wrap up the weekend and probably have a little bit more on this. But as of the moment, by the way, it's still not official. Aitman Miller was asked about this at practice on Thursday and could not comment for obvious reasons. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're in that limbo period. So this deal, for some, for some reason, falls apart. This podcast will be irrelevant, but for now, usually when it's Woj and other sources uh, doing trade, uh, I think it's like 99% to be accurate. So we'll go off that for now. Please subscribe to this podcast. It's the best way to find the show whenever it possibly drops, including this haphazard episode of the show. And uh, please, please, please subscribe. Tell a friend and uh, don't shoot the messenger. I know Hawks fans are not going to be thrilled with this. I totally get it. But uh, I tried to warn everybody and I know people don't want to listen to that, but that is just kind of the nature of the beast this time of year and the deadline is not anytime soon. So this will be coming fast and furious in the coming days. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. And thank you for listening as always.